0: You're listening to Solutions for Earth, a podcast dedicated to healing the world. I'm your host, Broderick, and today's guest is Jeffrey Williams. And I met Jeffrey at Esalen, end of 2020, um, at a values workshop. And he basically he teaches values, uh, and he does it for large organizations, consulting, and he actually did it for Esalen for a while. And he's also dear friends with johnny and amber whom i love and yeah we, we dive into this and basically this is the biggest tangential thing for me is that values in so many ways are our soul's expression so enjoy as we dive in sweet um so i guess yeah just to hop in like when we talked about this at esalen but where do our values come from where, it is, where do they originate? And I have some follow-up questions, but just to start there.
1: Right. Well, that's a great question. Yeah. As you know, I'm real big believer in that values are the drivers in our lives. And so they drive us not only in how we perceive the world, you know, through our senses, but they also yeah. drive every decision and every action in our world that we make. And most people are like, like, yeah. no, they don't. You know, it's crazy. But the concept is, where do they come from? I kind of yeah. see that they come from two different aspects of our experienced life or our perception. And so the two yeah. things that we perceive that generate values for us are voids and violations. So voids being Ooh. things that we experience as missing, lacking, or void. So yeah. if um, I'll give you an example of, of just a real simple one. Sure. If I break, if I grew up in a really broken home, and say sure. I didn't have, didn't feel like I had family connection, I didn't feel like I had the kind of bonds and relationships that would generally um, like satisfy my being. I have a void yeah. of connection. I have a void of close familial relationships, and so yeah. um, as a model, if you think of a sphere, and then yeah. you have this. Void. So I experience instead of experience the whole of that sphere, I experience a hole in that sphere or a big impression. Mm. And where I experience yeah. something missing, it's like an impression or a dent in that sphere. And my natural impulse. Mm which becomes my value is to push back into that dent to make myself whole again, to experience that wholeness. And so the void then becomes the line of drive for my value. So now I'm, I'm likely to grow up looking for deeper connection. I might even want to have a family so that I have, um, I can experience what I was missing or lacking or void in the past
0: yeah i remember that yeah it's like whatever we didn't you kind of did it like this where you put one arm down here and you put one arm up here of like yeah whatever we didn't get over here we're trying to yeah create the opposite end and and that's that's so interesting one i want to just start here is like what's the difference you kind of said like they're the driving factors and they shape our decisions like what's the difference between a value and a belief okay You know, because beliefs shape our reality and beliefs are drivers in a way too, Mm -hmm. but, um, they're distinct as well.
1: Yeah. And I would say, um, you know, to be bold about that is that beliefs are typically like fabricated additions to our identity or personality and we typically get our beliefs, um, like I would discern between values and beliefs in this way, that values are the sure. natural expression of our developmental challenges. So I said voids. I also said violation. Yeah. We'll get back to that in a moment. But this discernment okay. between the two is that on one hand, we have our, our developmental perce- perceived experience, which has created these missing pieces that we want to naturally fulfill because as a the way i see it as we are souls and these souls are innately whole in nature and so is life mm-hmm. like n- life is actually innately whole complete already but yeah. the the thing that grows us is the experiences or perceptions that were other than whole and so when we train mm-hmm. that there's a natural inborn innate generative capacity that wants to come through us to help us re-experience our wholeness and so then Mm. so that's the that's what's values are beliefs are in my experience they're more of conditionings that come from our societal grooming of us through you know i believe this is right and this is wrong um you know that's It's very different in that sense, and it also comes from conformity. So, whatever it is that we believe we're supposed to be, need to be, have to be, ought to be, those are all signs that those are beliefs, but they're not actually what we value. So, what Mm. people struggle with big in this world is the distinction between what we actually value as a soul from within, what inspires us and drives us, versus yeah. What is it that I'm supposed to be because I ought to be that because mom says I'm supposed to be, or this lover says I'm supposed to be, or the world yeah. accepts me when I'm this. Those are beliefs. I hope that.
0: Right. No, that totally does. So, it's almost, and, and I like, love how you said it, it's like the soul. It's like there is a spiritual component to our journey in this life surrounding our values. and and they're shaped in childhood. I mean, what is it? They say that it's like, we don't choose our, like we, we chose our family in a way. And like, we chose this life like before we started it. And, um, and so almost what I'm hearing and the way I'm like picking it up and is that the values are like uh, the biggest piece of that. And we were like, every experiences that we had in childhood were, we were set up for that. And then we were, Part of that is, and the gift we have to give the world is in relation to what we didn't receive, and it creates um, our purpose,
1: yeah, in a way, exactly. Yeah, and that's is like people yeah. call it your soul purpose or things like that. And that that's soul yeah. is the soul already has awareness of its wholeness, its innate wholeness, mm. and yet the yeah. personality or the identity of me has experienced something that feels other than that, so. And, yeah. and so those dents, remember, the voids are experiences where we often feel there's more downsides than upsides. And that's just another way to put it. So in a, an experience of void of, we'll go back to the family one, if like, if I felt void of connection and void of real deep yeah. familial relationships or void of a family unit, then yeah. I perceive that especially because of belief. So, beliefs will come in there and feed this. If I look around and I see on TV that the families that are together, like that's the ideal or that's more optimal than what I experienced, then I'm going to look at and experience what I have to be less than something else. So, that's another way to look at void is that I'm seeing that there's a whole bunch of drawbacks that are way outweigh the benefits of being in a broken home. Right. And I'm not seeing yeah. how the broken home is actually giving me gifts. It's giving me strengths and capacities that would yeah. equilibrate the two. Like, yes, there was drawbacks and yes, there was benefits, but because yeah. of beliefs, often those can come mm-hmm. in there and shape our, our perceptions or our decision-making process to go, well, I know what I had wasn't as good as what someone else had. And so we're not willing to see the benefits or upsides of our situations until our life gives us those opportunities or until we're offered the right questions. So asked the right questions. Well, Mm -hmm. what were the gifts, right? What were the benefits? What were, how did it group you? How did it actually shape you so that because basically if you then value family and connection and you end up with that, you have to recognize that you wouldn't have valued it so much and been enjoying it and f- been so fulfilled by it. If you hadn't yeah. experienced a void of it or prior.
0: Yeah, totally, totally. Okay. So are, do they, our values, are they pretty set then? Yeah. Because based on our experiences or are they malleable? Are they adaptable? Or would that just be, if they were like a, you know, a context of environment or culture or, you know, group, you know what I mean?
1: No, I I think that, um, so there's, this is really another discernment is uh, I speak of values in the, in the way that they spoke of them in ancient Greece. And so this is a different concept And the values I see, the way values are thrown around. Um, you know, I do consulting for organizations and I do work with people and individual and yeah. The generalized concept of what values are are more of what I call social platitudes. So a lot of people okay. will put out there like, oh, well, we value love and we value you yeah. and we value connection. <laughs> and like, sure. I'm not dissing those, like those don't have meaning, yeah. but um, yeah. those are not values. Like I don't make my decision based on, on love. I mean, I do and I don't, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not like I'm going uh, unless I had a void of love. And I feel like But that's usually more deeper or detailed or individuated per person. It's like, well, love is a kind of concept. But what is it?
0: Right. It's like, how do you define it? Yeah.
1: And what is it that I've been matters? asking that question for months? What did you huh? actually perceive it? You know, what did you actually perceive that you're now saying that I value love? What did you perceive that wasn't love? Because often mm. in there, there's, there's much deeper nuance or there's like what I think like the vector of what, what actually happened. Where was I? What did I, I, like, sure. I like to get really real with people that many yeah. people and especially people in new Agey. Uh, movements or holistic things that can can be generalized so it's like oh yeah yeah no i totally get it no but i'm what i want to hear from you is like what was your actual perception that led you to this. So we get into like, no, where were you? Yeah. When were you? Yeah. Who was it that you who did it? And who was well, sure. who witnessed you doing it or doing them? You know, there's gotta be specifics because that's the way the yeah. brain works. And I'm really into the neurophysiology of perception and expression of vitality. And people want to get generalized, but you can't actually get anywhere unless we get specific.
0: Yeah, I mean we could get specific right now for, for me and that value, but um but but I, I wanna just I actually wrote this down for the for the episode here of like, you know, Brene Brown, to your point, she like says that only like ten percent of organizations like truly practice their values and just to like just to ask, like why do you think that is?
1: Well, because uh, organizations are not living beings. And so organizations can put out platitudes, but they're actually a collection of individuals with values. So each individual right. wakes up every day to fulfill their own values, period. No. Nobody wakes right. up to fulfill yours or mine or organizations. Yeah. The trick is this is right. where my consulting work comes in is that, mm, it, that I work with, I, I say that we have to make this organization a living organism. It has to come mm-hmm. up to its soul level values and those values yes. have to be in service to something. But that's only the beginning mm-hmm. because the values yeah. of an organization um, I've seen this over and over again. If if you change the leadership or you change the CEO the expression sure. of that organization changes. Why? Because That's the values of that. that person have come in and replaced the values of the prior leader who is there. And so mm-hmm. every single yeah. time, you, there's always transitions and those are big yeah. change management is huge because it's it's people trying yeah. to figure out, well, how do we keep the face of this organization to be this for the public when we just change leaders? And they believe that these kind of dead organizations, they call corporations, I call them corpses, right? It's like they're dead until you wake them up. And then the work is to connect the individuals. So if I can tell you that my highest value is teaching and facilitating. Now, if I can come into organization and I can ask the right questions and say, how does working for this organization help me and benefit me in fulfilling my highest value of teaching and facilitating because yeah. if you understand what makes somebody tick, what's mm, going, I get it. what it's, What's generative inside of them, right? They, I see values. Yeah, like they're an ultimate resource for power, for inspiration, for energy, for resources. So when I'm I know sure. that I'm like moving towards fulfilling my values, I am like infinitely or vastly more powerful and in alignment yeah. than I am if I'm like. Well, I go to this job um, to work for these, you know, this company, and ultimately I don't see a connection to how it fulfills me, but I need security. So I, I'm letting my needs supersede my values. And so then I, I push my values to like weekend warrior status. Like, well, on the weekends, I finally go outside because I really love being in nature. But I can't figure out and I'm not willing to be courageous enough to find out how to make resources or make an income by going into nature. So I'm going to subjugate my real values to these needs or responsibilities that I tell myself I have and then I live my life like I live, I live someone else's life waiting to live mine.
0: Sure. Okay. So kind of what I'm hearing is is to really get the most out of somebody is you take you understand their values and then you link them into like the vision or the mission of the organization by creating that relationship. That's kind of what I'm hearing. Yeah.
1: And it even in more nuance of it is the actual the specific tasks of that job. So it's like you know, if I have to get up and I need to call a bunch of um regulatory agencies to make sure that we're in compliance, say, or something like that. So Mm -hmm. I have a job and it might be COO, but I know COO means I've got to like be in compliance. I've got to deal with regulators. I've got to deal with whatever, like agencies. Right. And so in doing Mm -hmm. that, it's like, I need to first see a link into the organization's mission and vision and values so that I feel like, Yeah. yeah, I'm in like, this is great. But I also need to get really specific, like, what does that mean? So, I have A, B, C, and D that I have to do. And I have to ask myself those same questions as how does doing A benefit or support me in fulfilling my highest value of teaching and facilitating? So, it's like, and at first, some people are like, I can't see any reason. And you have to work with that person to coax it out of them because it's in there. It's like they wouldn't be doing it unless it was actually fulfilling them in some way. Sure. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, just, I, I, I'm
0: getting to hate here, but I just want to say that too, like my experience of life in the last month has just massively changed. It's, it's amazing. Um, So how do we make decisions? So, yeah, this is a good one. How do we make decisions in alignment with our values consistently? And then like, how do we, What's like the tick or what's like the signal of knowing that um, we're out of alignment with those? Okay. How will
1: we know? Yeah. Let's tackle the first one, which is how do we make decisions based on our values is the simplified way. I think of what I heard you is first, you have to make those values conscious and that's, um,
0: and how do we do that?
1: So most people walk around and these values stay unconscious and then they have beliefs that they're living in abidance with. And then they under- they mm. can't figure out why they keep hitting the ground or running into walls. So yeah. what's going on is that soul level dynamic is that we are, and I would say the soul is like this interface, right? There's like, you could call it spirituality, but it's just like the energy that moves us. Like it's it's life force or there's a transmission that's coming through us, and then there's this interface of the soul, and the soul is really, to me, is connected massively with perception. And so, mm. when when I'm living in accordance with my beliefs, I'm often feeling frustrated. I'm procrastinating. I'm hesitating. I'm frustrating. I'm doing all these things that are not that are like resistance, right? It's like, ugh, mm. I'm not. That so that's sort of some of the feedback that you get. Can I say something?
0: Yeah. Last year, I know for a fact, it, I was creating so much resistance. Like remember at the beginning of our conversation, I said it was messy. Yeah. It was super messy, and I, like I think the word for that would be resistance. Yeah. And and are kind of like what I just said a minute ago is like what I'm coming into a space now is just very um, relaxed. Yeah like very, um, I guess at peace with this whole thing. And there's no resistance. It's like, Oh, this is what it is. And like, as like, I took this time to just kind of let the dust settle in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, everything got super clear. It's like, Oh, yeah. and it just, it
1: became easier. Well, you shan- because-, because as long as you're not living in alignment with your values, you're going to be typically in the victim triangle. And so the victim, you know, is, is this dynamic that arises from fear. And so typically our beliefs are connected to fear, right? Like, well, if I don't do this then I won't be accepted, if I don't do this, I won't be seen. And so those are all fear dynamics. And in that whenever there's fear, a part of it, you're typically in one of those three roles, victim, rescuer, or perpetrator. In other words, for it is like hero, victim, or villain, right? There's, with sure. only those relationships and so it's like yeah exhausting to to be in fear one because it's mm-hmm. like it's a constant trying to live up to the yardstick of your conditioning or conforming and rarely living in alignment with what you love with what you value mm-hmm. with what inspires you or fulfills you so back to how do yeah. we find that out i love john d martini's Questions and so I've kind of used those or modified versions of those with my clients or students or and organizations as well. And most people, sure. think, John D. Martini, you yeah. Said? So John D. Martini, nice. he's um, he's just yeah, really done a really good job of making it super simple. Because another thing, it's like us to do be. is is fantasize, like oh, I think I value that. No, trust me, you already your life demonstrates your values. And which leads us to the next thing you said is like, how do I know when I'm making a decision that's outside of those values? Like, what is, what are some of the symptoms? And I would say all symptoms, all symptoms are signs that you're Mm. out of alignment with your values. And so those symptoms can show up physiologically, meaning Mm. I start to have like, Oh my God, you know, it's off. I'd feel like nauseous right now, or I'm in pain. Right now, yeah, um, physical stuff like I'll keep hitting myself, I'll keep tripping or injuring myself. That's one type. That's a physical. And eventually, the longer that you stay in the stress of not being yourself, that's kind of mm. then the more significant or chronic the disease becomes. So the symptomology will. Like I, my take on it is that your soul is happy to bring you to the edge of death. If it means getting you to finally wake up to what you actually care about. And that's, you know, it's I think that we live in so much fear of death that we don't realize that there's other dynamics happening inside of us that are willing to put you, your life at risk to get you to actually wow. live a fulfilled life.
0: Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. And I just want to say too, like so much of the essence of this place is what you're speaking about mm-hmm. is, is, soul's purpose. Like it's soul garden. It's like how many people can we get into alignment because I And this is funny uh because I had this conversation with with Carrie too of like, you know, I think what's happening at least in part on the planet right now is like there is a massive re well obviously an awakening, but like realignment. You know, people are waking up to who they really are and this is kind of like what you're what you're speaking to and it's just values. I mean, it's kind of like a very uh you know, there's like that spiritual esoteric way to put it, but values is very um, Grounded in reality, everybody kind of gets it.
1: Yeah, people get it. Yeah. And so there's, like I said, there's four feedback systems. Uh, that one is sure. the physical symptoms. But another symptom set is your psychological symptoms. So both your emotions and your thoughts are the more that they're, what I would say, degenerative, you know, as far as things that are breaking down. Sure. So depression, suicidal thoughts, anxiety, concern, worry, all of those and then add the emotions of like I'm scared, I can't, you know, um etc cetera, etc cetera. all those emotions are all feedback that are I we look at it as like here's me centered and in alignment to my true north and that's guiding my every decision and every action. If I make my values conscious, that's that's like our superpower, and most people don't mm-hmm. live a day in their life making their values conscious. So I think it was young said, uh, um, as yeah. long as you're until I make the conscious, yeah, said, the unconscious, exactly. conscious. unconscious conscious, you you'll always live by other people's rules. You know, you'll always be controlled and overpowered in your life. And the, the what empowerment is is defined by making the unconscious conscious. So by doing those questions and working with someone who helps you move through the BS, because there's all, there's so much BS that comes up when you start answering questions because the mind will be, what does he want me to answer? What is, you know, whether it's even conscious or not, that's what's going on is you'll write what you think you're supposed to write rather than what you really want to write.
0: Right. And just like, what, how do you like, how do you distinguish the two? It's like, I almost, I just, just to start, like, I feel like this journey for me began, uh, I think it was, yeah, I was right there at the beginning of 2020 in May. And I just, I I had a hit I was just like, I'm just going to listen, you know what I mean? I'm just going to listen. And then everything kind of started to follow from that. And it brought me here. And um, I guess, I guess, I'm kind of answering my own question of like intuition, but like, how do you distinguish between the two, right? The, like the, the value speaking, like your, your soul versus, you know, the conditioning.
1: Yeah. I think well you're on to it already, it's like, usually the, the first feeling is the one. And then comes in the other voices that are like, Oh, but you're not this, or you should be that. And so then that starts to corrupt our actual intuition, or you could call it intuition, or you could just call it like my direct sensing, right? My direct experience mm-hmm. is this came up. My first feeling is to do this, but what most people are in a constant cycle of is self betrayal. So self betrayal is mm-hmm. anytime you have that feeling, and then you do something yeah. else, right? Yeah. And then um, to get back to those feedback loops is like the third one is your is social. So it's relational. So if there's friction in your relationships, if you're getting feedback in those ways where it's like, gosh, you're always pissed off at somebody or somebody's always triggering you, that is a really powerful sign that you're not being you in that relationship or that person, you, mm. you've projected a story that you can't be you in that relationship. So now you're willing to create mm. tension and friction in those relationships yeah. for you to actually wake up and be who you are in those relationships, sharing with them what you're actually feeling, what you actually love. Yeah. And there's um, that brings up this dynamic that we also talked about that resonates so much. I just want to say yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't mean those yeah. relationships have to end. It means you have to end not being yourself in those relationships. That's what's called yeah. forth. And if yeah. then, if your story of you can't be yourself in that relationship turns out to be true, so be it, move on, graduate, yeah. you know, yeah. step yeah. forward. But it's For really sure. an opportunity. Every one of these friction points or, feedbacks is an opportunity to step into greater truth and greater alignment Mm, and to share that openly because nobody, nobody can care about you unless they know what you care about, period.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: What you care about is value, right? And what you love and what inspires you and what fulfills you. And once you make that conscious and you go, hey, um, I'm not going to do that because I actually value this. And so to be able to start to use it as your reference point, so this going back to your answer question, is like, how do I start to make decisions? Well, first, make them conscious. What is it that you actually value? Mm -hmm. Second is to use the questions that that I would lay you out with. The the very simple one is like, well, does this decision or this decision benefit me more in fulfilling my values of blank, right? It's like start to make those conscious. And then you asked mm-hmm. another question about our values a constant, you know, or do they change? I'd say, yeah, that you can absolutely transform your values um, in the sense of as you feel fulfilled in the value, then the, another value that's underneath it will surface to the top or an evolution mm. of that same value will emerge. And so it's mm. like, right now it's like my values are teaching and facilitating and then learning and studying and mm-hmm. then traveling and then kids and my family and so it's yeah. like i had i had all sorts of stories about i should have my kids as my number one value and i should do this and yeah and but making it conscious realizing that your top your highest value what the greeks called your telos and I love that word. Yeah. Your telos is like the North Star. If I look at this, teaching and facilitating is my number one. If I look underneath it, all the other ones feed the first one. They're always in support. If I couldn't yeah. facilitate if I didn't love learning and studying. And I, I was about to say that, yeah. Yeah. And then I, I love traveling because I like to teach and learn. So yeah. I travel <laughs> to go meet new people or learn from new people. And ultimately, yeah. my kids get to benefit from all that I do. And if I'm aware enough and I don't create some sort of divide and I go, wait, my kids are getting to absorb all of this and I want to raise conscious children that are empowered and inspired. Then I see how they're all connected. So I can easily make my decisions now. Well, which decision now do I feel strongest is going to give me the greatest benefit.
0: Yeah, wow. I'm just I'm just thinking about all like what the world would look like. And and it's almost a question too in my mind of like what the world would look like if everybody was living in alignment with their values and was aware of that. And just I mean, you spelled it out earlier, like all of those four, you know, emotions, health, all of these things that would change just that, but then also the fulfillment and the energy and just Yeah, I'm just curious, like why isn't this more like, you know, propagated throughout the world. You know what I mean? Because it seems so important and impactful. You know what I mean?
1: And it's simple too, right? It's not even... super simple. It's not that crazy. Well, I mean, I think the larger answer to that is that we don't live in a world that ultimately believes that is true or believes that people can do that. And so we've been fed this narrative and we've been educated Mm -hmm. to... I mean, think about if we started letting children actually do things in alignment with what they love. And this is how, I mean, perfect example of this is people get kids get diagnosed with ADD and ADHD all the time. Right. Yeah. Here's the truth about that is that everybody has ADD and ADHD about things they don't value period. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you tried to get me to be um, an airplane mechanic, right. I'm curious about engines, but ultimately I'm not like, I'm not, that's not what I value. And so if you tried to get me to pay attention to an engine or something, um, I'd have a certain amount of attention and then I'd have a massive deficit of that attention because I am not, that's not what I love. That's not what fulfills me. And so I'm going to be distracted easily. And we live in a culture that commercializes the race to the brainstem tech companies at the C level. So that means like CEOs yeah. and CEOs. They, their narrative is this is a race to the brainstem. We are trying to get people's attention and engagement on our platforms. So we have a world mm-hmm. that is making profit off of you, not being you because do people who are Whoa. fully aligned with their values show up for video games or social media or any of these other things or net, you know, Netflix, no, Sure. They don't, yeah. because they are already fulfilled. People who are distracted and feel they have to suppress and oppress who they really are look for yeah. things to continue to distract them while they're suffering. So we're living in a massive wow. suffering. Yeah, you know, ages, yeah. and we're all experiencing that, and we're actually propagating it by handing kids cell phones and by continuing to bring computers into schools and continuing to medicate them and and not ask children. Like I have my story I share about one of my daughters is like my oldest daughter loves studying, loves learning math and all these things. My next one was like, yeah, not interested, but not that, you know, and so they're like the school teachers like, Oh, we think she has ADHD or ADD and like, okay. No. Well, so what is it about? Well, she doesn't like math. or I mean, she doesn't do well in math. I'm like, "Great. Well, let's find out what she does love." And when she was about 10, she was obsessed with horses. She valued horses. Yeah. She would she would do whatever she could to earn money to go to a horse, to get on a horse, to get horseback lessons to help other kids learn about horses, right? So, you now if I bring math kind of covertly into her world through horses, so I said, well, "Yeah. Great. How much does how much does a horse eat? Oh, they eat two flakes of hay a day. How many flakes are on a bale of hay? Oh, there's, uh, I can we'll go count, you know, and it's 24. Okay. So how, how many bales a month does the horse need to get fed? Well, there's three. Okay. Then how much is a bale okay. of hay? <sighs> right. Oh, they're $21. Okay. So how much does it cost per month to feed your horse? Uh, $63. You just did math and you <laughs> talked about it. And you you yeah. loved every second of that, right? And so, what yeah. it was was actually orienting her to show her how math helps her fulfill her highest value of being with horses. Yeah, and it's like there's yeah. no attention deficit disorder then, right? Yeah, and actually, there was a surplus of attention. She is like, oh yeah. yeah, next, next, next. And so, if we but we live in a world that believes that we can't individuate education, that we have to give everybody the normal. And we're gonna we're gonna suffer. Yeah, we're gonna we put everybody in the same box, and we say normal is good enough. Yeah, normal is not good enough for human beings, and it's very unfulfilling.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like what you were talking about earlier in organizations of just uh, aligning their values, and you just did it with your daughter and the and the hay bales. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Whatever direction. That's the beauty of it. Simple. And it's effective on all levels. Like, you could take this to an organization, wow. you could do this with school children, you could do it in your relationships. It really is yeah. all of it.
0: Wow, that's so, so interesting. Um, yeah, I'm just... I'm, I'm kind of just bringing it back to, like... And still just asking this question of, like, what the world would look like if, you know, pe- everybody was was living in alignment with their values. And I just... I don't know. I'm thinking about that a lot. Um, because I think it, again, it's, I really believe it's the essence of this place. And I, and, and I put love like, right. As the high, one of the highest values and like actualizing that value Mm -hmm. is being authentic, you know? And I think authenticity is, yeah. Living your values and being who you are. Um,
1: and it gives you a metric actually. So the values give you a metric to go beyond the normal idea of being authentic because a lot of times, um, being authentic could be, I'm without saying, without knowing that I'm out of alignment with my values, I could just be, well, my authenticity is that I'm super depressed right now and I'm super, <laughs> my authenticity is that I just hate life right now. And so that is, yeah. um, sometimes that's a permission slip for a whole bunch of sure. yes that doesn't need to happen. When the yeah. opportunity, if you have, if you had this language and we had a shared model of, Hey, everybody on a neurophysiological level through their perception is, has developed to value certain things and be fulfilled by certain things. And those are unique, like a thumbprint to each individual. Now we have an idea of you being authentic or genuine is when you are being yourself. And so now you have a sense of, well, when I feel depressed, that's just a sign that I'm not being me. So, what am I doing? Who am I trying to be? And of giving like a different character. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. It's like, what is that quote, Jim Carrey quote? It's like, if you're depressed, it's a sign that you're, you know, you're, you're done with the avatar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're done with that version of that avatar. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah and then, then that's um, another one is yeah. like, it's a fantasy world. So, depression, I think the simplest definition I've ever heard for depression is depression is the gap between what is and the fantasy of what you think should be so mm. people who walk around going oh my god I'm supposed to be living this incredible life in Hawaii or you know and I'm supposed to be in this relationship yeah. but I'm not and I'm here and I'm working this shitty job and I have this lame relationship where I broke up with somebody what you're doing yeah. is you're holding on to a fantasy of an yeah. all one-sided world that's all good right thats yeah. And now I'm comparing that to my reality, which is that yeah. this is where I am. And so we've trained people to envision through media and movies that there is a one-sided world. Then there's not. Mm. Like that's, the, that's yeah. the fundamental teaching. Like when you came to my workshop, the first thing I said is that sure. about life – it's always balanced. There's always equal light and dark, upside, downside, challenge, support. It goes on and on and on and on. And that's actually yeah. um, the full definition of love is, at least I think it is John D. Martini's definition. He said it's the synthesis sure. and synchronicity of complementary opposites. So mm-hmm. here's what's cool about values is when I live in alignment with my values,
0: The whole. Yeah.
1: when I live in full alignment with my values... I embrace challenge and support equally.
0: Mm.
1: When I am living somebody else's values, I want all support. I don't want any challenge, right? And so it's, mm. it's like, ugh, you know, no, I don't want any more. I don't want to do that because all I want, and I'm trying to be something I'm not, and so now all I want is support or pity because I'm trying to be something sure. I'm not. And it ends up being all about me. Whereas strangely, because people have told me, well, if everyone just lives what they want in alignment with their values, it's super selfish. And I said, what's ironic is that the more yeah, that, yeah. the more you actually live in alignment with your values and you do what yeah. you genuinely want to do, End up yeah. serving and helping everybody else. You end up your mindset opens and you begin to go, how what do other people need? And how is it how is what I love able to help them? And mm, yeah. Your mindset instead of because you're full. Yeah. And you just you're 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 in overflow and you're you're ready to give. Yeah. And yeah.
0: Cause that's the way nature intended it. Exactly. And and that was kind of leads me to my next point of like, um, <clears throat> There's, there's a, what is the quote? Speaking of Carl Jung, it's like, I have it on my computer, but it's basically to the point of like, it's like, we're not just nature. Like we are also spirit, you know, it's all in the same thing, but like, it's almost like, what I'm trying to say here is that these values and, and our, our soul's purpose and, you know, our life path is a facet of nature. And it's almost as if like, okay, I'm looking at a tree right right now outside my window. And like that tree has that like set of, you know, chromosomes and was like, you know, and was meant to land like right there and grow in that way. And only that tree could do that. You know, none of the other trees are going to be just like that tree with like that circumference and those sorts of uh, leaves. and, And it's serving its role in the ecosystem Exactly as it's supposed to, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, and, and humans are the same way. And we've just kind of like gotten, we just veered off the path. Yeah. Big time.
1: Yeah. I think we're really, there's a, a general idea. It's, um, everything's been, sometimes we would call it backwards life where it's like everything we've kind of been groomed to believe is actually the inverse of itself. Like me living, mm. living the life that fulfills me is somehow selfish when actually it's selfless. You know, because mm. uh, there's this like always this inverse relationship to really dig into a lot of the concepts and beliefs that we've taken home and yeah. held on to. They're actually completely backwards or inverses of reality. Yeah. But because that's the collective concept that we're holding on to, we buy into. It. Yeah, and so then I continue to wait uh, for you know on being me until I retire or once. Once everyone else is fulfilled. And even myself, that was a big thing that was going on, was taking care of so many people. And with going through chronic disease and chronic illness, and my my wife was doing the same thing and having four kids. There's so many things where it's like, I'm just taking care of everybody else all day long. And that is a version of selfless, right? But at the same time, something was unfulfilled inside of me and it was also depleting. So there was like,
0: Mm. you can
1: fill yourself up with duty and responsibility, but if it, so much of it was in alignment, like I could keep coming back to, well, I'm learning so much about chronic disease and I'm doing, um, I'm actually teaching, right. I'm still facilitating people's growth and they're learning about how their bodies work and how disease comes into being. So I was still able to connect to my values, but there were elements that weren't, weren't fulfilling. There's still like a little bit of an alignment that I could create that actually resulted in me being more fulfilled. And you have to look at those things because there's like martyrdom is one thing Mm. and then selflessness. Right. So it's like, when I'm yeah. fully selfless. It means that I'm not identified with a bunch of other people's beliefs. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, what was I gonna say?
0: Oh, yeah. Just as we're having this conversation, I think I think what I'm I'm you know it's I'm a really I'm a really big believer in, in divine timing, and I'm like, yeah, this is like just perfect <laughs> because because I'm as I reflect on this last year, which was again super messy. I'm just like. Wow. How much of that was actually not me? You know what I mean? And, and how much, um, but then also, if I think about it too, and like the grand scheme of my life and, you know, this planet too, it's like, how much of that actually served the rest of my life in, in a roundabout way? Like, and, and it couldn't have happened any other way. And, and all of it led to this moment. <laughs> That's a big one I've been having recently. Like everything, like we think we have free will this is a really interesting one too. I was like, and this is a, this is a mind trip. And I think it's a paradox too of like, like we think we have free will, but everything that happened up until this moment, like all the infinitude of factors led to this moment and, and all of the, you know what I mean? And all of the infinitude of the next factors will lead to all of the, you know what I mean? It's just, and there's neuroscience to support this. that like, we don't, before we think we've made a decision, like we've made Consciously, we've already made the decision. Right. And and when so we go against really that,
1: that actually brings this full circle back. And this is a good thing yeah. to kind of close it up on is that what sure. you're talking about is exactly what values are all about. So like you said, yeah, it's like, did I, um, did I actually have free will? Or were those values always driving everything anyways, right? So yes, I have free will and I can continue to make decisions based on the conditioning I have or the beliefs I have, yeah. but when I make yeah. those decisions, I hit my face so hard or I smash into feedback so much that I end up still yeah. making the decisions eventually based on my values or I don't make it, you know, or I die. And I, sure. maybe I come back and do it again. I'm not really sure. Right. But I do know yeah. what you're saying is true. There's a sense of free will. But that free right. will that moves us out of alignment with what we actually value and what actually fulfills us ends up creating mm-hmm. so much friction and resistance and feedback that we'll eventually be back in alignment or we'll pay the ultimate price. And that's it.
0: The ultimate price. Yeah. Wow. So I just want to say this too of like, yeah, you're talking about John Demartini's concept of, of love and it encompasses all. hmm and I just want to like say that too, like our culture, it doesn't honor the dark
1: yeah.
0: as, as much as it, you know, I mean that just that, um, that, that definition of love would require. And, um, I mean, it's kind of seen in like perpetual summer, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like do, 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 which is like the very masculine gang son, uh, you know, version of reality that, I mean, and you're talking about like tech companies too. I mean, tech in so many ways is very masculine. It's very logical uh, oriented.
1: Um, and and I just wanted blind. to like point that out. Yeah. Blind to, yeah. I mean, right now it's like, we're in yeah. the, according to many experts, we're in the largest environmental catastrophe of all times. And yet we're letting, oh. um, we're letting tech companies launch, Low or low Earth orbit satellites in the tens of thousands. When we have no idea, yeah. well, we actually clearly have an idea of what that could do to life on Earth. <laughs> sure, we're acting like no. Let's focus on the climate. Yes, we're just launching satellites, launching satellites, all beaming microwaves onto the planet, knowing that that's yeah. going to heat up the planet. And yet we're calling this crisis a global warming crisis, trying to get people to go to electric cars as if that's going to make a difference while you're microwaving the planet. But let's not look there. Because, you know, yeah. that's sort of like, let's just let the tech companies do whatever, because we need to be entertained and we want faster internet. But meantime, yeah. everyone should feel really guilty about putting gas in their car. It's crazy right. time on this planet. Oh my God. And It is too. And I just, two things came
0: through when you said that. Okay. One, I want to, I want to say like, I'm going to ask this question then I want to share something. So values, how does like everything and the misalignment of values on this planet, um, tie into climate change because I there's it does everything's connected one and then two I wanted to share a story it's like there's this guy his name's Rich Lipton he's like a he's a coach and he, he does a lot of amazing work but one of the people he coached he she basically um one of her dreams was just coach uh people working in NASA you know what I mean talk about space right and she went to one of these what is it called? I think it's called Singularity University. That's what it is. And she went to one of their uh, conferences and at the conference, you know, they're talking about all this tech stuff, you have the future, the singularity. Mm -hmm. Um, And she brings up, um, you know, what about the heart? You know what I mean? And she brought something up that people never thought of. Like they were, and everybody was, everybody was drawn to her. They asked her to, uh, do like an entire workshop on it because it was so like for them, like, you know, out of left field, speaking of the left hand, which is, is, is considered more feminine, but it is so out there, um, in, in that arena, but also so desired, you know what I mean? So, so clearly like a niche wasn't being met. Um, and they talked about, you know, things like compassion and empathy in terms of like AI and all of these things. Mm. And, uh, and so I just wanted to put that out there too, because yeah, it
1: just came through a really good point. Ultimately, when we are in alignment with our values, we're actually yeah. neutral, meaning that, um, like I said, we embrace challenge and support equally. And so yeah. that puts me into a place where through the perceptual lens of my values, I can see all sides of every situation. And that's really a unique um Perspective or al- ally within values alignment. When I'm rigidly yeah. held on to a belief, it's like, let's imagine a quadrant. Okay. So you've got an X, right? Okay. And there's a quadrant, there's four quadrants. So yeah. there's like, um, and you could put on these like two polarities. So you have two poles. You have like, everything's positive, everything's negative, everything's light, everything, or, you know, there is possibilities and there's no possibilities. And so in these quadrants, you end up, people position themselves. So the more I have a set of beliefs that moves me out of the center where the cross meets and moves me into one of those quadrants, the more limited my view becomes. So now I can only see one side of a situation. And I'm going to have continuous um, confirmation bias around. I'm going to continue to see evidence to why my belief is right, but I'm now unwilling to see the other sides of it. When I'm aligned with Mm. my values and I know that I'm making decisions based on my individuated alignment and I'm not basing it on my beliefs or my identity or my political party or my, Etc. Right then, sure. I'm actually able to meet with all sides, and so those people at Singularity University, they're actually, mm-hmm. um, they have. It's like they're on positive because they believe that they're going to create tech solutions and things to this massive global crisis. of not only do we have environmental crisis, right? We have financial, economic crisis. We have a social crisis. There's all yeah, these things going around. on, and so. They kind of position themselves in a specific way. And so part of this is that to remember that we as individuals are not in any of those quadrants. Ultimately, our soul and who we are is above, like we can rise above the drama Mm. and trauma. as our unique individual selves and we can be grounded neutrals meaning that we are Mm. grounded in like i was born on planet earth that means i am indigenous i am native to where i'm born no matter what my color no matter what my race no matter what my background Mm. and i am just as every other human being i have unalienable rights That means that no one can put a lien on my rights like the government does. No one can make a lien on my decisions like, you know, some workplaces do. It's that I I have to rise above and go, no, this individual who I am, I proclaim that I am here, not a party, not against I am here as a neutral, willing to serve and support anyone, everything in this life through the lens of my values, through what fulfills me. And when I do that, I begin to meet others who are doing the same, and we no longer are feeding into the polarization and the victimhood constructs that we've been fed. Yeah, wow, that was
0: powerful. Um, Sovereignty. What you're talking about. Yeah. And
1: it's like, I think that has and, a, and presence. Yeah, it's, it's really about being present and like being truly you. Mm-hmm. The, and you, you know, you yeah. said something about you were 20 nature earlier. And it's, I say it's like art, when we come into alignment, that is our true nature. Like us being yeah. us is like, well, what is, what's aligned for my true nature?
0: Yeah. I think that's a, a great question. And okay. So you kind of alluded to it, but values, and climate change and how they, what's like, there's a way that us being out of alignment with our true
1: nature is causing yeah.
0: planetary destruction.
1: <laughs> I think there's, that's real. So, so back to the idea of that, when I am living in alignment and I feel fulfilled and, and I feel like there's purpose, yeah. um, yeah. What, first of all, like the decisions that someone makes who's in alignment are very, you reduce the level of harm massively. Because not only am I when I'm just making decisions that are based on what I'm supposed to do, I'm inflicting harm on myself, which ultimately I will harm others, and then I will harm Mm -hmm. life, I will harm nature. There's a way, like, I become unconscious, because if I haven't made my unconscious conscious, then I'm going to continue to act and behave unconsciously, which results in the kind of planetary catastrophe that we're in. So, people, and then what else am I subjugated to? I'm subjugated to many things that are distracting in nature. I'm willing to give my attention to all sorts of things that don't fulfill me and often not willing to look any deeper because there's a reflection, right? Is If, mm. um, if I look any deeper into myself, I find out that I'm living out of alignment and I feel really unfulfilled. So, now that I'm making this decision to go get you know, to play this video game or to watch this movie or to buy this Mm. plastic thing, right? I am not willing to dig any deeper into that either. I don't want to look Mm. because then I'll have to face the fact that, oh my gosh, I'm part of the destruction. So the longer we mask Mm. who we truly are, the easier it is to stay blind to how we're impacting the world.
0: Wow. And, and when you look inward, it's like, what do you have to feel? Again, it comes back to like the the feminine nature of reality. It's like, what are we avoiding? (laughs) And, and it's like, once you do that and you allow all of that stuff to come through, it's like, what's there. Yeah.
1: And I think that it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing I'll leave you with is like that many people believe that they don't have anything unique or a gift or something Mm. purposeful to offer. And that's a part of the plague that, damages this consciousness on the planet is that somehow people can be left feeling that way because yeah. challenge of being who you are in a world that doesn't seem to embrace that is so massive. And but yeah. I want to be a spokesperson for the certainty that everybody does and, and that everybody's yeah. values are equally valuable. So whether you mm. um, like to pick up, trash along the highway or you like to hike or you like to take care of dogs or you like to make great food or you like to be a teacher or you want to be a ceo or an astronaut everything is equally valuable because we have to stop measuring um, the quality and the value we bring to life based on something outside of ourselves as soon as we take that power back and we go I am here to live this one life, and this one life, I have this set of values. This turns me on. Yeah. This fulfills me. This inspires me. This makes me feel like I love doing it. And when yeah. we do that, and we encourage others to do that, we can transform so incredibly rapidly that um, it's going to be yeah. recognizable.
0: Yeah, like what did what did Buckminster Fuller said? He's like, if. if everybody on earth has a gift. And it's like when the whole world is freed up to give their gift, the the whole world will live in harmony. That's, that's what it is. Okay. I'm going to do a time check. And then I have, if you have, uh, do you have a couple more minutes or I got a couple more questions?
1: Um, Shoot.
0: I really need to go, but okay, cool. Okay. Just we'll, we'll, we'll cap it off with, uh, these five. So in your opinion, what does human potential mean?
1: Well, human potential is just what it could be like if we all lived in alignment with our values and it's more important to not be concerned with potential and just start living sure. in full expression right now.
0: Full expression. Okay. I love that. And then I, that'll probably answer this question, but what's your personal heart-centered vision for a more beautiful world?
1: Well, it's to empower every human being to know what it is that makes their system work, that what turns them on, what gives them power, what makes them feel alive and to give them yeah. not only the, tools but the permission to do it
0: permission i love that yeah okay when soul garden is complete will you come share your magic
1: absolutely i'm excited to help in every way
0: awesome what's your favorite love song
1: i'm not much one for remembering the names of songs just to say
0: okay (laughs) sure
1: um so i don't know you can
0: answer it later you can send it to me in an email okay fantastic <laughs> okay but if you have one right now that'd be great too.
1: yeah um and not coming off the top of my head okay but yeah, yeah. i guess cool. i awesome. personally recognize his songs but i never remember their names or lyrics
0: <laughs> yeah totally that's that's like a that's like a thing for me and again from childhood yeah speaking of yeah jeffrey thank you so much i really appreciate you and i really enjoyed this conversation with you and
1: fantastic. i'll be chatting with you soon okay thanks project take care all the best all right you too Bye.
0: As always, thank you for listening. I hope this episode helps you get your values aligned because apparently it'll change your entire life. I'm in the middle of that as well. Sending you all so much love.